The views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, exploring solutions for life today. A presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. Overcome, 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 overcome. The word entitled is not very popular right now. Entitled? Welcome to Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life today with uh, Mr. Dave Fleming sitting across from me looking all green. You look green. It's time for Dave and Monty's Icebreaker. All right. Well, that's, we'll do it early. That's my Irish cousin. See, he started making fun of the green and he comes and out. And he just came in. He's like, okay, I, that's my cue. I'm well, here. I guess we'll do the icebreaker right now. <laughs> I, uh, but before we do, yeah, Dave's all green today. Um, he's got a Humane Society t-shirt on. What would you do? Watch too many of those commercials and break down? And don't, no, don't I, I'm actually against the – the. Uh, well, I shouldn't say I'm against it. I, I don't agree with uh, the, the ASAP, APC or whatever their ASPCA. They this kind of a, misrepresent, this is, don't this they? Is a, uh, this is actually a shirt from the walk. Uh, walk with – the animals. animals at uh, from Northwest uh, uh, Northwest Humane Society, Humane Society in, in, annual uh, walk. Forest Lake, Minnesota. Yeah, and uh, we, a legitimate we got organization. Most of our uh, critters from there. Oh, did you? Yeah, we. Yeah, we, most of. Well, they're all rescues. So, but this is one organization that we uh, that we support, and every year we you know. We go to the walk right. and we, you know, support them financially and uh, volunteer for whatever. Um, so I know help they I, need, and we weren't there. To, we are able to be there this last time, and so right. they had these awesome green ones. They're kind of green tie dye. Yeah, and I like it. My, so like my daughter it. Uh, bought it, me and my wife one and sent them out. So, so I get to know, live vicariously. You know, somebody's asking right now. Well, why why don't you like the ASPCA thing? Go ahead and t- tell us why you, you don't like it. I want. I want to know. I know why I don't like it. But well, for one, they are. Oh, I just want to say that Northwoods is a no kill shelter. No kill shelter. So right. that's probably the biggest reason why. Right. Um, but there's, you know, I don't know. I I could. I don't really want to get into that. But I don't agree with some of their politics and maybe their old politics. Maybe they have changed. Yeah. But. Not everything you see on TV is actually how it goes. That's right, and I and I think they even made a movie. They didn't, you know, call them out. Yeah, but they're they showed a they showed a video or commercial that was almost exactly like the one that's on TV today that they that they show and right without saying it. It's like yeah, and I've had some experience and know some people that have had some bad experiences, and so. And I've worked, I actually worked at a uh, humane society that was a, you know, 
was basically a kill shelter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a tough place to be. I ended up, it wasn't a place, a good place for me to work because I ended up taking like two of the dogs home with me. Right. Um, yeah. I, and I, being, being in broadcasting for 15 years, you rub shoulders with people that are in the know. And I have to say <clears throat> some organizations, I will not mention who don't really truly represent themselves in a transparent manner many people would be very shocked and surprised and so you got to be very careful where you put your money who you send your money to right and, and and that kind of thing so it's really good though because uh north northwoods humane society you, you've been active in that and you you know firsthand what they're doing and people yeah, and just i think need to be uh what's what's the one over here uh I keep forgetting the name of it uh safe haven safe haven is right. no no kill shelter they're no well. kill yeah that's where we've gotten so, gotten our dogs yeah yeah support them wherever you can and I don't want to get it, you know, because you talk about how you know people are not every, always what they appear to be. Right. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things that we can go off on tangents with. Oh, that's for sure. You know, the whole the whole even I don't know people are going to react to this one, but the whole thing with the cancer issue and and finding a cure and right. Um, there's there's been cures out there for since like the 40s sure sure there has but they're not it's not profitable to to actually cure somebody it's it's more profitable to keep them in sick and so uh when whenever i see these same like kind of like the humane society i see these all these events about raising money for cancer mm-hmm. cure mm-hmm. um kind of irritates me a little bit because i know that mm-hmm. there's something more that can be done and it even has seeped into our recovery circles to to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gone from keep it simple to keep them sick. Right. That's uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, that's another one of my because uh, it's like uh, the, the whole thing about once an addict, always an addict. Right. You're going to be an alcoholic for the rest of your life. Right. Um, I don't remember reading that anywhere in the big book. Or the NA basic text. There is there is a statement that says once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. But it's re- it's not referring. If people take these out of context, <laughs> you, you know, you know, it's talking about the medical condition. Like somebody asked me the other day, a, a, a believer in, in Christ asked me, "Do you refer to yourself as an alcoholic?" Because I have an issue with that, like m- many people in the church do. And I said, on as a medical term, yeah, it just simply means I'm. My body is allergic to alcohol. I put it in my body and something happens and it's not a good thing and I'm allergic to it. Medically I'm allergic to it. But I'm not defined so... I'm not defined by my alcoholism any more than I'm defined by my diabetes. So do you still refer to yourself as an alco- alcoholic? Medically, yeah. Do you as as far as having a medical condition? Okay. Yeah. So along those same lines, mm-hmm. can I can I put something out there? Sure. So I I have this this little uh, what I call the Twinkie analogy. Okay, have I shared this with you? Yet? I th- maybe I share this with my uh, with uh, my uh, my clients um, because this is this is kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, just to back up just a just a smidge, you know, I I got into recovery and you know I had a. Sp- uh, a significant spiritual experience mm-hmm. and it, it changed my life and I'm like a new person and I got baptized and all this. Sure. And my pastor's wife asked me one day, she says, why do you still call yourself an addict and alcoholic? Mm-hmm. And I was like, cause I'm still trying to like learn stuff. So I'm like, Hmm, um, explain, you know, tell me more. What, why, why are you right. saying that? Right. And she said, well, you're, you know, you've, you've had this spiritual experience. Your life has changed. You're not the same person. You've been baptized. You're a new creation in Christ. Why do you still call yourself an alcoholic? 
And I had to really stop and pause and think about it and go, and, and this was after, you know, probably there's several years. Um, and I had to think about it and she was right. It's like, so from that point on, when I ever, I go to meetings, I either, I usually say, my name is Dave and I'm in recovery. Mm-hmm. And every t- once in a while I'll, I'll throw, I'll say, my name is Dave and I'm recovered. Just to oh, kind of spin oh, people new, off. New topic, new topic. Right, right. Oh, he's in denial. <laughs> All the whispers. Oh, I know. But they but don't it, read their own literature. That's the problem. Because that's what, what does it, it say in the first edition, the forward yeah, of the first yeah, edition? Yeah, more than 100 men and women who have recovered exactly. from alcoholism. Yeah. So back to the Twinkie analogy. Sure. Right? So this is kind of the, it falls into the medical uh, realm. So <clears throat> let's say we'll, we'll use Monty. So Monty Yay. goes into the doctor, and the doctor says, "Hey, Monty, uh, I got some, I got some bad news, and I got some good news, right? Yeah, you've been eating these Twinkies, right? And now, because you've eaten, been eating these Twinkies, you have cancer. You're like, oh man, that really oh, sucks. What a bummer. Man. So you, you know, you stop eating the Twinkies, right? Cancer goes away, goes into remission, whatever you want to say. Yeah." And, but you realize that if you go back to eating Twinkies, right, your cancer is going to come back and you're probably going to die. Right. So do you walk around telling everybody you still have cancer? No. What do you say? I'm allergic to Twinkies. <laughs> no, I say I've recovered or, or it's in remission. Or you're in recovery or you're in remission, right? right? Exactly. So that's exactly the way it works. I agree, 100%. I agree 100%. I agree 100%. 100% I agree I, And the reason why I go this direction is because I get tired of, of people losing hope in the rooms. Uh, so they and, default. They default. And thinking yeah. that there's no way I'm ever going to be healed because the, everyone's telling me that you're, once you're an alcoholic or addict, you're one for the right. rest of your life. Right. But if you it's, – it's being sick. You get well. Right. Right. You can get sick again. Yes. But if you take precautions to take care of your health and right. you know, it's the same with, with any kind of other so, disease. So so I use the peanut analogy. I'm allergic to peanuts. <clears throat> if I eat peanuts, I swell up. I go to the hospital. They put an EpiPen in my butt side. <laughs> and while I'm in the hospital, I'm in recovery from the reaction to sure. the peanuts. Once that reaction, the swelling's gone down, they, I send the release papers, and they sign them, and they send me home. I am not in recovery from that anymore. I have recovered right. from it, right? And I am now well. Am I still allergic to peanuts? Yes. Right. But I'm not defined by my peanut allergy. Now, the hour and a half I was in the ER, I was kind of defined by it because that was the whole focus. But now I'm not defined by that, so I have to do certain things, and not eating peanuts is one of them. And so <clears throat> for me, when it comes to alcohol, when somebody asks me that, I don't if – if I'm at an AA convention, especially if I'm speaking, right, I will introduce myself as an alcoholic for the purpose of that's the way they like it. And I will – I will keep the attention of the majority of the room. If I say I'm a recovered alcoholic, I'm going to lose half the group. So now what I do, though, is in my share, I make it very clear that I'm recovered. But I, I do it after my first initial introduction, just not to lose anybody. And, and, <clears throat> and But they know by the time I'm done talking. 
that I'm not defined my al- by my alcoholism. That is not who I am. That the, the only piece that 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 relates to me at all in there is that I have an allergic reaction to the chemical. That is it. God's removed the obsession. I've recovered from it, and I'm not even in recovery. I've recovered from it. Okay, so and I get that. I, I would do it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's kind of a, a trend, and I know there's people that are in in uh, in recovery and, and, and work for organizations. Uh, if they are going to even say they're in recovery, they typically say, you know, I'm in recovery, or or usually when they're speaking in front of like a, you know a convention, a, right. a convention, or NA convention. Um, you know, my name is so and so. And I'm a person in long-term recovery. And what that means to me That's is... That's a common CR interaction. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then what that means to me is, and then, you know, you I haven't had a drink since... You're practicing the principles of the program, well, all that kind of it's stuff. It's usually yeah. just, like, I haven't had a drug or a drink. Or, uh, I, I usually add a behavior s- since uh, October 12th, 2004. You're so right? old. I am. old. <laughs> uh, but I'm, that way too, as you know, as I'm still practicing uh, good health, good spiritual health, because right. I learned early on, and this may be just for me, I don't know, but uh, it was it was presented to me that things like um, saying I'm I'm never going to right. do this again, or I'm never going to do that again, or even calling yourself an alcoholic. Uh, is a negative reinforcement. And why would I want to keep negative reinforcements in my vocabulary? And so I try to stay away from that. So I, I, I typically use what will be acceptable uh, in those situations. You kind of know your and, audience. And, right? and, and being, but I'm also being true to myself and sure. to my spiritual growth sure. and all that. Because, uh, you know. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta know your audience. You got You want. You don't want to lose the people, but at the same time, you also don't want to deny the fact that God's removed the obsession from your life. Right. You give Him the glory for that. Right. You know, and at that point, it's not up to me whether I lose the people or not. I'm giving God the glory, and that's where it goes. And that's up to Him what He does with the audience. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know. And I don't know. Wrong, I I didn't get that that intro from CR. I got it from. Uh, some people uh, that uh, Minnesota Recovery Connection. Mm-hmm. It's like peer to peer support program and and a few others. Yeah, in the field. Um, but that's that's great. If tr- that's the way they use it the there tr- too. Yeah, a lot of people see. I would say I'm a man in long term recovery or woman in long term. And, and and let's face it. I mean, when you're talking about our sin nature, we yeah. all are in long term recovery from that, aren't we? Right. Really, we are. And that is the bottom line. Anyway, all this other stuff are just outward manifestations of an inward condition. Whether it's booze, food, sex, money, whatever it is, right. the inward condition is the same. And that's what, that's what we all have in common, whether we want to admit it or not. And that's we got a God shaped hole, and we're trying to fit other things in there besides Him. Yeah. I just I just want to throw some one thing out there though, because I want to make it clear that when you know there's a difference of where you're at in your in your recovery. Sure. Like I wouldn't recommend someone that's only been. You know, when I say when long when you introduce yourself that way, it's like if you after you have some significant sober time where you're actually right, you're actually doing right, right. You're right. you're actually practicing right uh, the principles in, in all of your affairs, right? Um, 
and it I would say at least a year, if not two, before you even can get to that point where you can say you're a person in long-term recovery because you're still trying to figure it all out early on. Um, and yeah. I think we do somewhat of a disservice to your own uh, recovery if you're kind of fooling yourself by saying, yes, I'm, I'm a, you know. Or you may not even be in recovery. You're just going to meetings. Right. Yeah. So you yeah. should still identify until you get to a point where you look at it and go, okay, now I've gone the, you know, I've gone two years, I've gone three years, I've gone whatever, uh, and I'm, it's time to graduate from kindergarten, as we say, yeah, and 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 do something more mature, yeah, with Amen. our with our uh, recovery path. So here's some here's some uh, here's some uh, addict alcoholic kind of one liners for you, Dave. You ready? Oh boy, smoking will kill you, bacon will kill you, but smoking bacon will cure it. I like that. <laughs> that's that's kind of cool. Let me get my. Uh... <laughs> there we go. Here's another one. Uh, sleep is my drug. My bed is my dealer, and my alarm clock is the police. <laughs> okay. Now, was that person high when they came up with that? I'm so not sure. They, are but... they saying they would rather sleep all the time? Maybe in their active sleeping this uh, I don't know. Uh, I bought some shoes from a drug dealer. I don't know what he laced them with, but I've been tripping all day. Oh, that's... Now, that's, that's kind of cute. That's yeah. kind of cute. That's, so that gets a... Uh, Dave, what do you call a dictionary on drugs? <clears throat> High definition. Okay. All right, it's getting really bad in here. Okay, you heard about the drug addict fisherman who has accidentally caught a duck? He's hooked on quack. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the last one. Uh, everybody's just loving these, right? Here's the last one. What did the blonde? Why did the blonde snort artificial sweetener? Well, she thought it was diet coke. Okay. Oh, my. Where'd you find those? I don't know. I didn't want to tell you. Okay. uh, We'll be back right after this with the topic. Who do you serve is our topic this week. No, go away. We'll be back. And now, here's Pastor Johnny Baker for Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is for all of us because we've all been hurt. We've all hurt other people. We've all got things in our lives that keep us stuck and keep us frozen, things we wish we didn't deal with. And for many of us, we have these addiction issues that also just rob us of any joy or peace that we have in our life. The thing about Celebrate Recovery is that it's a biblical program and it's got eight principles that lead us from one place to the next place over one day at a time after one day at a time. So we begin where we realize that we're not God. We come out of denial. We face our fears. We face the problems that have keeping us stuck. We turn our lives over to Jesus. We do things like taking a moral inventory of our lives and we look at all the things that we've done have been done to us to help us come out of that. We talk to other people about what's happening. Then at the end, we serve other people. 
Because we believe that God uses our pain so that we can help other people when they go through pain. To locate Celebrate Recovery in your area, visit CelebrateRecovery.com. A college security officer called to tell me there was a drinking party on campus. The officer said there had been excessive drinking and our son was in the hospital for alcohol poisoning. He said my husband and I should come as soon as we could. I knew my son would face distractions and temptations when he went away to school. He already had unfortunate experiences with alcohol, and he was a little too good at fitting in with the crowd. I had no idea things could get so much worse so fast. A nurse suggested we attend Al-Anon family groups, even though our son claimed his drinking was no big deal. He said he was not an alcoholic and that he could quit whenever he wanted. I didn't want to go to an Al-Anon meeting, but I'm sure glad I went. If someone's drinking troubling you, you might be surprised at what you can learn in an Al-Anon family group from people just like you. Call 1-888-4-AL-ANON or go to alanon.org. So I said the the uh, word entitled isn't very popular lately. Yeah, what's um, up with that? Come on, tell us some more. Well, you know, there's 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 lots of things people words people are using today. There's always new buzzwords all, all the time. It's been that way since the dawn of time, and and right now there's two that are just sticking my backside. Then I that irritate me. Just so you know how that I'm irritated. Um, and I'll work a step around it, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, and that is the one is intentional. It's being used in in the, in faith circles a lot. Well, you need to be intentional. You need to you need to plan this intentionally. You need to walk intentionally. You need to. I mean, it's just a new buzzword, and it's getting old in my brain. But the other one is is, is entitled. Well, those kids are entitled. Look at those kids. Look at that kid walking down the street. He's just entitled. And uh, yeah, a lot of people are acting entitled. Um, but it's not a bad word. When you think about what God has done in our life because of what he's done in our life, not because of what we've done, we are entitled to be overcomers. We are entitled to live a clean and sober lifestyle so we can be a maximum service to God and the people he puts in our lives. And um, that is an entitlement that is given because of the grace and love of our God. Not uh, because of us, not because we're entitled alone, but because he's granted that entitlement because of what he's done. And so in that, I think I like that word. Right. So in the, uh, I was just looking up uh, the word entitled uh, in for our purposes. Um, this is, uh, this is tied into recovery, right? Nice. Recovering from our, you know, Life controlling issue, whatever, yeah. whatever it yeah. is, believing oneself to be inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. Um, I don't know about the special treatment part of it, but I think you know we have to believe that we deserve to recover, amen, or to be in recovery from these, you know, because sometimes we're God's bad choices or yeah. our sin nature. We we need to be. In a process where we're being healed, we deserve better. Yes, we, we deserve, deserve better. better. You bet. I don't know if we necessarily deserve. I mean, I don't know if I agree with the the, the special treatment side of it. Right. I mean that title that kind of goes with, uh, as we say, someone is in, you know, has entitlement issues. Right. Uh, they may you feel think that way. You need special. You deserve yeah. special treatment because just because you're a 
you know represent a certain group of people yeah. or yeah just because you're alive yeah you know i don't you know who i am yeah don't <laughs> even go there i i used i said that one time when i was processing through through something right i, I prayed about uh, i asked god for something and uh and then it, he answered my prayer and then you know i looked at it from the perspective of why am i here don't you know don't you know what I can do? Right. You're gonna put me from being in somewhere where I'm very productive to sitting in a chair. Yeah. <laughs> for four hours a day. Right? But it right. was like it was what I asked for. I well, I asked for some time to study. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he so gave you got it to it. me. He gave it to you. Yeah. And I, and I was getting paid to, paid for it too. This is so good because this really is a great segue into this topic. Who do you serve? Because because um tonight this is Friday. Yeah. Tonight at six PM, I have an interview process that I have to go through. It's a process to act that is required to be in leadership within the Celebrate Recovery um program. Okay. It is now. I've been sponsoring men in my respective twelve-step fellowship longer mm-hmm. to celebrate recovery before they, it was ever dreamed of. Right now, you hear you hear the that statement. You hear the pride and ego there. You know, and, and I mean, and, and that kind of thing can 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 rear up in my brain real easily. <laughs> so you know, I've I've sponsored over seventy-five men over the years. Why in the world am I going to be interviewed? They they came to me and wanted my help. See, I want you to hear the, all the overtones that are going on. They came to me and wanted my help to help be a leader in this program. And they're interviewing me? I should be interviewing them. You know, I mean, all these thoughts wow. were trying to grab my... I mean, they really were. They were, yeah. they were screaming at me to grab onto them. And I had to, and here's the word, intentionally say, shut up. Mm-hmm. Because when I told God years ago I would go wherever <laughs> he sent me, I either meant it or I, or I didn't mean it. Not if, well, what if you have to be interviewed? No, then you don't have to. No. If, I'm, if I want to serve, and we're talking about serving here, if I want to serve in a position that gives gives a little bit more credibility and helps benefit other people, then I'm going to go ahead and bite the bullet and do whatever I need to do to be in that position, and I'm going to be grateful. And I have to tell you, a piece of my flesh <laughs> is like, really? But yes, really. Right. Really. We, I'm we just do. picturing uh, picturing uh, you sitting there with <laughs> your, little, your, your little Monty Man yeah. car- cartoon character. Right, right. One with the, the halo. Cape. Yeah, the, and the other side with one well, with little, with little devil. devil horns on, <laughs> with a pitchfork poking you, going, right. "What the heck?" Right, right. <laughs> but it's so easy. I mean, this flared up in me and started clamoring for my attention right away. And I thought, "Gosh, you, you know." And and really, who who you gotta serve? Who do you serve? And if I if I allow that mentality. To overtake me, then I am serving me. Yeah, because now it's not about it. It's not about serving others. It's no, not about, at about all. You, not at all. Look at me. I'm sponsored over seventy-five right. men. Are they? Are they still in? Are they still? Are they also sober? Are they still sober? 
That's not the issue. Well, <laughs> really? Yeah, you, you know, but we it, it's it's interesting because we do have this this ego that's not our amigo. I mean, he is he want, and I'm not talking about blaming the devil. I'm talking about our own egotistical self that fueled a lot of our addictive behaviors, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, and so I'm very grateful today, Dave. I really am. I'm very grateful today that those voices can start talking and I can recognize them right. and literally rebuke them and say, you know what? You just need to shut up. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to submit to this process because that's what God wants. And yeah. just do it. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, I told that the story about, you know, when I got, uh, when I got laid off from my job mm-hmm. and I was excited and I was like, you know, all giddy and, sh- you know, shaking everybody's hand and right. walking out with a big smile on my face. But that's a result of being able to identify when uh, when God comes and works in my life as long as I'm doing the next right thing and putting myself sure. uh, at, at service of others, then the things are going to they're going to work out the way they're supposed to. Yeah. Instead of me, if I sit back and go, yeah, don't you know who I am? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm going to be sitting there all, still down the road by myself, sitting there going, don't you know who I am? So if everyone else would just do things my way. Yeah. And now we're back to <laughs> wanting to be the director of the play again. Right. The problem is all the other actors think they're the director of the play. And then we have a train wreck. Yeah, because there's no collaboration. So why this topic, Dave? What what spurred this on? Uh, no, no, uh, nothing in particular. Um, I have uh, 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 my secret, super secret meditation, and I kind of coder ring, <laughs> kind of go off. Uh, you know, whatever's the topic is for that day, and, uh, and, and, and or yeah. when something, you know comes up that's what I, that's kind of what direction i go right um because i love the the fact that you never know where the topic is going to take me rather than picking something and planning it out and sitting here sure putting it you know all this this information and, and links and all this stuff together it's like you know it, it's it's very uh what do they call it uh, spontaneous spontaneous organic uh, right? Yeah. It just happens organically. Oh, isn't that special? <laughs> Stop it. Now we're getting into these. <laughs> so, and you know, it's come up this, it came up this week uh, in conversations and uh, about, you know, you are kind of who you are, what you feed, you know? Oh, yeah. You feed the dragon. You are, you become the dragon. Yeah. You start blowing out yeah. fire. So it's, you know, it, it's. There's all kinds of different versions of that, you know. That you, the, you are the wolf you feed, and oh yeah, you got two, different two. There's two animals in there. One's a wolf, one's a puppy, or whatever. You know, yeah. trying to be, yeah. So that you know, this is kind of a good topic because I and I also uh, it ties into uh, priorities is is another way of saying who you serve, mm. and uh, to really get people thinking about where where they're. True, truly, where their priorities are. As I ask that question, it's like, okay, so what are your priorities in life? Um, you you ask this to people that you're working with. Yeah, and and I, okay. Yeah. Go on the board. Go up to the board. This is kind of out of. There isn't like any lead into it. Usually, yeah. I'll we'll just throw it out there because I want to catch them off guard and see where they're at. Sure. And so I go up to the board and write down uh, what's important to you. 
What do you, what is the, what are your goals? What do you, what are your priorities in life? And like 95% of the time, it's usually like get a good job, you know, make some money, buy a house, you know, go on vacation, take care of my family, blah, sure. blah, right? Buy, buy a fancy car, buy a new truck. Uh, and then God falls down at the bottom of the list. Mm. Unless they've been there before and heard the presentation, then they usually they, they, they do it the right way. But usually it's, it's upside down. Sure. Right. And so <clears throat> that's kind of what, where my brain went when I was looking at this is like, what, where does my priority in life? Who, who do I serve? And for me, I, I have to be others focused because, um, as we've, you know, talked about many times, it's like, I look at it as like, the only thing I need to change is everything. So if I'm self-centered and selfish and controlling and isolating, then I need to do the exact opposite. So uh, being others focused would be that opposite to me. Right. Um, so that's kind of how I fil- try to filter everything through, um, you know, along with God. God's got to be up there uh, right at the top with recovery, um, taking care of myself, uh, then my family, and then my job, you know, things like that. Yeah. Because if I don't have... I don't have God and I don't have my recovery and I'm not taking care of myself. Nothing else is going to work out, you know? And if I'm doing those, you know, those top three things, then the job will fall into place. Yeah. The house will fall into place. The car will fall into place. All that other stuff that I need to accomplish those things, right? If I have a job, I need to have a way to get to the job, whether it's public transportation or a a vehicle or whatever it is. Mm But if my priorities are upside down and my fo- totally focus is on on getting a great good getting a good job and making lots of money, because when we get into recovery, it's like, well, man, I've been messed up all this time, you know, and I've been in, you know, maybe I've been in treatment for a year or on and off for the last three years, so I got to get things back together. I got to fix things with my family, you know, we're about to go bankrupt and blah blah blah, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. never ending thing, and so we immediately go into this, well, I got to get this good job where I'm making lots of money yeah. or I got to get three jobs where I'm working 80 hours a week. Well, we all know how that plays out, <laughs> right? Yep. Because then our, our priorities are trying our money. Basically we're trying to get that dollar so that we, we think that that's where our value well, is. Well, we're trying to fix something that we're not even healthy enough to even attempt to fix at that point. <laughs> well, we're trying to fix a spiritual problem with, with, uh, with, you know, uh, physical things. Right. Right. So, and I see this happen. I, I've seen this happen with people, talking about people I've sponsored, with people I've sponsored. I've asked I've asked them every time. I go, what is your financial situation right now? I mean, what is your work thing? I mean, do you need to work right now? And there's been a couple of times when they've said, no, I'm actually financially stable. I do not need to work right now. I say, you know what? This is great. We can focus a lot more energy on your recovery right now. This is awesome. And a week later, right? Hey, I just got an offer to go work at such and such. And man, it's an important position and da 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 da. I'm like, uh, slow down there, buttercup. Uh, you know, and what happens? It, it goes like this, Dave. I got sober. I got a job. I got the truck. I got the girl. I got drunk. You know, yeah. All within a matter of a month. Right. 
or and, and usually we go back to the same old job that we had before, something similar, right? Which is part of the has been part of the, the problem stressor, in the first place. The, right. Yeah, all that stuff that, that's that's going on, and I, I see this with people that work in the field too, in the recovery field. People work in ministry. Um, you you know, it's go go go, accomplish accomplish accomplish, trying to fulfill again only what God can fill. Uh, and so the priority goes, um, we think we're putting God first because the very next thing is doing God's work and ministry. And then maybe our family after that. And, you know, the priorities, um, uh, Michael G here, he has it right. God first above all others, then my family, then the church. Yeah, he got that from me. Yeah, well, I was thinking he got that from me because I used to teach him that too. <laughs> well, we were, we, we, yeah, yeah, we're both on the same. Page we both that. were uh, helping those guys with those you, things. You so. bet. But that's that's what happened. Good to hear some of it sticks. Yeah, it is, isn't it? But one of my relapse signs when I was doing outpatient years ago, when I was in outpatient, yep, and we were doing recovery signs and relapse signs. One of my relapse signs was getting so busy doing good things. That I lost my way. Right. And I was back out drinking. Yeah. Because I was serving self. I was trying to fulfill something in me. Well, I, I my self-esteem goes up. I feel better about me if I do, 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 do. And God wasn't even in the picture, let alone my family. Yeah, we gotta learn to say no. And and, and we're told <laughs> we're told in recovery circles many times. Never turn down an opportunity to serve. I understand the heart behind that, but I don't think that's always wise. I think sometimes well, you need to yeah. learn to say, you know, my plate's full. Well, we can't, you can't take every little, you know, one liner and apply everything because it doesn't always work. Right. You can't yeah, blank it's it. It's like, but you can't, ex- you don't have, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh it's almost like sometimes you gotta like explain everything in every little minute detail and tie everything that from beginning to end, you know, with that 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 statement about don't ever, don't ever turn down no. an yeah. opportunity. Right. Well, don't turn it down unless your plate is full and you've already got plenty of opportunities. Then you help you maybe you share it with uh, your sponsee yeah. or someone else and say, hey, you know you. You utilize the skills, right? You ask right. for help, right? So you're not taking everything on yourself. But we do I have to, to learn. Spell it out. We do have to spell it out for people that are fresh and brand new because they don't know, and right. they're saying yes to everything because it does. For a while, it does fill that 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 piece in us that wants to feel good about who we are, and so. We start out pouring coffee, and then we're unlocking the doors to the meeting, and then we're cleaning the toilets because our sponsor said be humble and do that. So, we, And maybe we need to do that. And so we do that, and pretty soon we're taking on a service position, and then <clears throat> we're, not, we're not at home with our family at all because we're going to all these conventions. That's blah, what blah, I'm blah, saying. Blah. We, ha- yeah. we, have to, we have to have balance in our lives. I mean, I, I get it because I was, I was there a, long, a while back. You were a service junkie? I, I was, well, yeah, when – when me and my wife were separated, right. I basically when I wasn't working my my job, mm-hmm. uh, I was doing service work. Right. I, I came home long enough to eat dinner and go to sleep, and that was it. And you know, and, and then you know, I had my my kids. We'd do stuff, but 
even I take my kids to, to meetings with me because it's like I, I'm going to the meeting. So either right you come and they're like, oh, I'm going with you because yeah, they want to make sure I'm <laughs> they, wanna, they knew, knew me from the past. You know, it's like I want to make sure that I'm going where I say I'm going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and making sure I'm coming back. But I mean, it was uh, that it was all about doing service work. Um, but one of those things, you know, the only thing you have to change is everything is I had to learn. I, that was part of, in the beginning, I had, to, I had to say no, because I got bombarded with all those things, these opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, and can you do this? Can you help with this? And I know that's what tripped me up in the past. So I actually, I said no, and it felt good because now I'm setting the boundaries and it's, you know, <clears throat> maybe eventually I would end up doing it, whatever was asked at a later date. But right. at, the, at the particular time, uh, I had too much going on, and I couldn't. I couldn't take. I mean, I could have, but it wasn't healthy for me because I was stretching myself too thin, and that's what uh, caused me problems before because I was stretched too thin, and then I would just not show up. Because well, our perfectionism does that. I'm either going to do this hundred percent, or I'm not going to do it at all. And, and so, <laughs> so I've got a good friend who's right. who's who's a ministry leader, and he's a great guy. And he works in the in the mental health uh, arena, and but he says something that always I go eh, I don't know. He says you want to get something done right, ask somebody who's too busy to do it, and it'll get done. <laughs> and I'm like, you may not understand those of us in recovery from you know some of these addictive illnesses and so because some of us the last thing we need is to overdo in the area of service. Um, well, and I think it's it's. We gotta look at quality better than more than quantity. Than volunteership, yeah. You know, it's it's about quality uh, more than it is about quantity. Right. 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 So, someone may be able to do something, but it isn't getting done well. Sure. And I mean, I could think of, uh, you know, several examples where, you know. That happens, uh, you know, today, and it's it's kind of scary. The other thing we got to think about too is 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 uh, oftentimes money is comes into play, mm-hmm. and we forget about um, how we're serving, uh, and and it's more about you know uh, how much we're serving or how much we're doing something to generate some kind of financial gain, right? Um, so the, sometimes quality of services go down. Um, so it's this this balancing act. Of making sure you got funding so you can you know keep the doors open so you can continue to help people, but you're also providing you know excellent services so that people want to you know more people come in the door because it's like hey you know I hear you got good services I want to be a part of that, mm-hmm. um, and I and I know the the recovery field um, it, to me tradition it seems like a, there's a lot of good people out there but it also seems like it's more about you know trying to it's all about money man. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think we we lose sight of why we get into the recovery business in the first place. If that's right. what we're trying to chase, right? You know, is if we're doing, I I believe if we provide uh, the best quality services that we can in whatever we're doing in the radio, you know, in in, in helping others in our in our personal lives or in, mm-hmm. our, in our work. Um, all of that stuff's going to fall into place. Remember what I said, God, right? And your recovery and yourself. If right. you're taking care of those things, yeah. 
The rest of the stuff will fall into place. The big book talks about when things line up spiritually, the other things fall into place. Right. The, good, the good book says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. Exactly. Uh, and, and if we're not putting God first, and we're putting our own efforts before him, uh, and that comes first, we're going to burn out eventually. And then where are we going to be? Right. And I've watched people do this. They've served and served and served and blessed their hearts. I mean, their passion was in it. They gave it all, and they got sick. And to the point where some of them have actually ended up in the hospital, and then they, they can't do anything for months right? because they've made themselves so sick. And <clears throat> and that that's usually the, 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 the type of person that's, you know, don't ever turn down an opportunity to right. serve. Well, I was told not to say no. And here I am now, and I'm getting a blood transfusion, and I've lost 30 pounds in, you know, three months. And Really? Sicker than a dog. Not me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Be nice. I was going to say, I don't see any. Yeah, and I'm not seeing the fruits of that. Out of your arm. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah. And then, and then, of course, we return to what we know so often if we have not experienced a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. If we, if we, if we haven't this connection with a power greater than ourselves, if we're just doing it for doing its sake and we're serving our own egos, um, many times we return to what we know best and that will be, you know, the needle, the booze, the pornography, whatever it is. And then we're in deep weeds again, or we'll switch to something that's brand new. That's unhealthy. And it's uh, you know part of all that serving process is is being a good steward of what God gives you. And I know I, I've had <laughs> several experiences where uh, I haven't managed uh, what God's given me uh, in probably the best way. Yeah, and I've had consequences because of it. And I had, you know, and uh, it's not very comfortable, <laughs> right? No, uh, it's not. And you know, I had to had to scale back and dial back and change plans and you know, whatever it is, but you know, um God will keep giving us opportunities as long as we keep working to uh better ourselves right. and, and make others' lives better too. I thought it was funny, uh one of the guys it cracked me up. Uh, <laughs> said, "Not Bill Wilson." Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know who are you going to serve? Not Bill Wilson. What does that mean? Well, you, you know there are some people within the AA fellowship that will put Bill Wilson on this huge pedestal, and then there are other people that would just like to shoot him down with a machine gun. You know, I mean, he's a, he was a shyster. He was this. He was a money grabber. He tried to sell the program and make make riches off it. Then you got other people that said. Yeah, but gosh, he was he's just God's man. And I mean, you get every opinion under the sun about the poor guy. But I know one thing. If I know one thing about Bill Wilson as being, and I don't fancy myself an expert on, on the area, but I've done my fair amount of study in the history of this guy. One thing he was adamant about was don't believe everything I tell you. Check it out for yourself. Make sure that you check it out for yourself. He did not want people serving him. He right. it, Because he knew he had an issue with that. 
he admitted to his ego and uh, you know he didn't want that but some people right. get very you know oh, you know everybody thinks he's a god and all this kind of stuff well he'd be the last one to okay. to to even claim that well i think that's just you know someone's personal ex- oh yeah life experience yeah. you know and I, yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's uh, right. I, I'm glad he said that because I'm I'm one of those people that I'm not going to believe anything anyone says until I go out and try it myself. Because you know, I there's too many people out there that believe nonsense that isn't true, or something that you know they they take part of part of the truth and then fill in the blanks or whatever, make their own agenda <clears throat> around it. It's like okay, yeah. and, and the. That's what it took me, uh, you know, my my path to where I'm at now. You know, I had to go through those trials and errors of picking bits and pieces out of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. changing my life or being in recovery or twelve steps or whatever. Um, and until I got to the point where I had this, you know, I had this spiritual experience, and then it's like, okay, so the only thing you have to change is everything. So what does that look like? And so I thought, well, okay, I'm gonna give this a shot and see uh, i'm going to follow the steps i'm going to you know do what they say and i'm going to do this whole thing to the best of my ability for the next year and if it yeah. doesn't doesn't if my life doesn't change then i can always go back to doing what i was doing sure uh and what i've discovered obviously is uh that my life did change uh, fairly quickly actually mm-hmm. and so obviously i don't want to go back to doing what i was doing and so that's that's kind of what I share is if if you do, um, <clears throat> well, if I'll, I'll pick the steps because that's that's what that's what tool I used. If you use the steps, which basically come right out of the scripture, mm-hmm. um, your life can't help but change if you do it to the best of your ability. Um, of course, you have you know you also have to have good counsel and people to guide you if you need clarification on things. Right. But if you do it to the best of your ability, your life will change. If you life doesn't change, it's because you haven't done it to the best of your ability. Yeah. And I wouldn't have believed that before. Right. I had to actually do it myself. Well, and we're 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 perhaps we're taught wrong sometimes, and then we say it didn't work, and right. where we just may have not had somebody. That could teach us and guide us and disciple us or show us and mentor us properly. Maybe they may have a, a good heart behind it, but they maybe they weren't taught properly, and so they pass it on. And then we think, well, it didn't work. Uh, I I can't tell you how many people I know that that have told me that about the twelve step steps themselves. And I've I've talked to them. I said, have you ever read this book? And I'll hold up the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So I was never shown that. Oh, well, let's let's try looking at this, and and, and they go. No one ever told me. They well, just didn't. They didn't tell me. So what are they just reading the steps off the wall? Absolutely, yeah. Oh. Or they're going to what they commonly call big book studies, where maybe a portion of the big book is being read, and then somebody shares about their day, and then another portion's read, and they share about their day. It's not really, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that. It's not a study. It's not an actual study. It's a big book share. And so they think they're working the steps because they've read a chapter or a paragraph in the big book in a meeting. And that's not working the steps. Um, And that's no fault of their own. If if they're new and that's what they've been taught, we only know what we know. Right. 
so I like to challenge people all the time. If you think this process doesn't work, you know, when I sponsor somebody or, you know, I offer that service, I say, you know, here, give me, give me three months, give me three months. And then if you think it, this isn't working out, I said, I'll gladly refund whatever it is I, you think you gave me, but give me three months. Just, just give me three months. And and uh, I, I had a guy come on, uh, a gentleman fill out an application to be on the show as a guest. And his whole agenda is to tell people why the 12 steps don't work. And everything that he bases it on is stuff that the fellowship has done, not that the 12 steps right. do. And I I declined his his offer to come on the show because he's got an agenda that says he's very misinformed, but I can see where he could get that idea. I really could because he's listening to the fellowship and not the program. So we got to do better. Yeah. And I love to hear from people out there that, that uh, uh, say that the 12 steps don't work. Yeah, I'll have a discussion with them. I won't necessarily put them on the air because I don't know that. Well, no, but I mean, if they want to, you know, they want to write in. That's that's. that's Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm open to looking at that, but it's like uh, with my life experience up to this point, um, you know, it could be that I've had good, good, uh, good mentors and and teachers. I've been fortunate too. I don't, I don't see how. They wouldn't work for anybody, even if you're even if you're not an addict or alcoholic. Right, it's, it's a just good way good to live life. life. It's just good life principle stuff. Right, if you do what it says to do, but if you pick and choose, if you cherry pick, right, and it doesn't come out right, well, I get it. I know I can see. Why. And it and it includes the you know a lot of time you know you get the fourth and fifth step, you know, and they get the ninth step. It's like, you know, well, you know. Uh, uh, What's the the one that I hear often? Well, God knows, right? So why, why do I why need do to I talk? Need, why do right. I need to share it with somebody else? Right. Yeah. Well, that's because that's what there's there's a there's a process that happens. There's an experience that happens. There's a release that happens. Yep. When you do that, yeah. If we just still keep it to ourselves between ourselves and God, then we're not following the steps. We're not following the direction, and we're still keeping. Uh, I like to look at it as keeping secrets. Sure. And then we wonder why it doesn't work. Right. You know. Uh, or we uh, tell somebody that isn't a safe person to tell because, right. you know, two weeks later they're blabbing it all over <laughs> Facebook because you pissed them off or something. So I I had a, a fellow, a good friend of mine here about a year ago say, I just don't understand why I can't get out of financial ruin. And I and I happen to know his situation, and it wasn't quite as bad as he liked to make it out to be. But for him, it was tough. And I said, "Well, you've got some financial amends that you keep putting off." You know, I said, "You know that part in the in the ninth step promises that, that talks about, you know, the fear of basically financial ruin. It leaves us. Well, that's because." We don't owe anybody any money anymore, and they're not knocking on our door, and we're not bouncing checks all over the place, and we're not running scared from our creditors because we don't owe them. We've paid them off, or we've made an effort. You haven't even made an effort to do that, and then you're saying that step nine doesn't work. You yep. haven't done it. So, I had a guy share with me today. Uh, he, he kind of had an, had a, he had a, an epiphany. Yeah. 
Because we were talking about, you know, uh, something similar to what we're talking about today or talking about now. Uh, he says, well, you know, I go to work and I, you know, I start getting things, I start getting my life back together. And then I get, you know, I start having extra money and I start having all this money and, and then it just leads me to back to relapse. Mm. And I, and he says, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, maybe you should, you know, put it in savings or some kind of certificate or pay your child support. <laughs> capital, right? capital idea. Because what happens is every time that you know uh, he would get back on his feet, he'd have this this debt hanging over his head, right? And then he loses his license, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. Sure. Well, you know, because I've been in the same boat. It's like yeah, I don't, you know, I I don't want to pay that. I'll just let it, I'll just list it on my credit report, and it'll be off in seven years. And but, uh, yeah, who cares? Yeah. Uh, but the fact of taking care of, of your your responsibility what you owe just because you're you're upset with your ex or whatever uh and you don't think she deserves it or whatever the reason is doesn't change the fact that you owe the it kids are all grown it doesn't right. matter it's right. your debt right. you didn't take care of it at the time so now it's still hanging over your head mm-hmm. or whatever it is you 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 bought a vehicle and you couldn't make the payments and now you've got you know You've got this thing hanging over your head. It's just, it, you know, this guy was like, okay, so then take your money and pay down that debt. Well, we took a break and he comes back and he had this weird look on his face. And I said, are you all right? And he says, he goes, yeah, I just realized that I will have so much more freedom if I just pay off all my debt. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I said, you know, it's hard, sometimes it's hard to wrap your brain around it when you first get sure, started. Sure, sure. Or it's like overwhelming because you have this huge debt. You know, and I, I've gone in and I've started the process of paying down debt. And I just go in and I say, you know, like, hey, would you take 50 bucks a month? Mm-hmm. Right. And so you set up this plan where you're paying 50 bucks a month. Maybe it's on automatic payment. So you don't it just it just happens. You don't even uh, you don't even miss it. It's on, you know, it's 50 bucks if, if you're, you're. Yeah. Things are going in, in the right direction. It should be no problem. So then if you have extra money, you can just pay extra money. Right. If you if you have, uh, you know, a loan or something, you can pay an extra payment uh, and just put it on there like this is to go towards the interest. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, different things you can do to, to kind of reduce your debt. If you have a house payment you're making and, and, you know, it's a pretty significant amount every month. So try to split it up into two payments. So payment, every, you split it in half. Right. And you actually pay less money at the end. I think, you know, depending on. You could save thirty thousand dollars, or maybe even more, over time because uh, mm-hmm. you're paying it down mm-hmm. quicker. Mm-hmm. Because you're paying off the interest. That's quicker. right. That's right. Uh, and there's all kinds of little tricks that you can do to reduce your debt uh, or reduce it quicker. Or I mean, there's you can contact your creditors, and a lot of times, old stuff they will they will set, settle for ten cents on the dollar. And I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times we've gotten offers when we when we had medical debt. Yep. Where they said, "Tell you what, if let's say we owe twelve hundred dollars, if you'll pay eight hundred dollars of this, we'll write everything else off." Yep. All right, now well, we don't have eight hundred dollars, right? So we would have to kind of get creative to try to make it work. But the the key there is try to make it work. Most people get into trouble, not every time, but most of the time, because we don't communicate. 
We right. don't call them back or we tell them we're going to do something and we don't do it even when we can do it. And they get sick and tired of it. And so then they don't want to work with us. If you'll communicate with people from the get-go and not, not give yourself unto fear and just talk to the people, right. most of the time what I found – and we've been in some horrendous debt in our past. We're not we're not in debt anymore. But we and it took a couple of years, but we kept communicating. We kept talking. If we couldn't make the payment, we were the ones that called them. We didn't wait for them to call us. It's amazing how people will work with you if you right. will be willing to to not serve you, but to well, to be a little other minded and, and it, it can get overwhelming though when you when you can. have all a, a pile of stuff that you got to get so through you got to start with one bite at a time that's it right. just, well you have to be also mindful you know uh, with people with mental health issues because if you have anxiety well there that's all ball of wax right there well yeah. it it still works yeah but it's it's very difficult you, you have to uh you just have to practice it. You have to have somebody come alongside you, you and, and help you. kind of yeah. walk you through it. Because um, yeah. that, that actually came up um, this week is how do you do that when you have all this anxiety when stuff starts right. piling up? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's you know, it, taking a, it a bite at a time, you know. Um, uh, a, a good example that that I can think of is um, I may have shared this before, but when we moved, you know, I had this garage full of boxes <laughs> and I walk out there and I'm just like, it's so overwhelming, so overwhelming. that there's just so much stuff to yeah. go through Yeah, uh, that you just, I just don't do it. So what I, what I did was I just took one box mm-hmm. and I brought it into the, the lower part of our house so it's in a different room yeah so you don't have to look at all the other right yeah. so i took one box and i brought it in and i went through it uh and sorted it out and emptied the box right and that was all my goal was is just to do that one box a day so then if i felt good about what, what i did you know maybe i did two boxes or three boxes or six boxes uh, but all i all i had to do was just the one box and so if i do that then it becomes less stressful and the you know, I don't have to look at the big pile. Mm-hmm. I'm just we're focusing on on the one box. Yeah. And so the same thing with bills, you know, uh, that are piling up is just take, you know, start with the the lowest one, the smallest one, or the oldest one. You can probably get them. Like you said, you could probably work out a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> I they've even even the the uh, collection agencies have gotten creative. I had one. Uh, that I can remember that what even that said, hey, we'll we'll split this up into. They basically cut it in half, and then they said, if you can, and then split it into two payments. Right. So if you can make these two payments, uh, we'll we'll forget about the rest. We'll write off the rest. So like, hey, that works. Because yeah. a lot of times yeah. back in the day, I remember they would come up with this crazy offer with, you know, they want you to pay fifty percent. Well, even sometimes fifty percent is too much. Sure. You know, even twenty five percent would be too much. If you don't have it, you don't have it. Yeah, you don't. So it's like, well, you know. Um, but like you said, communication—you get with them, and, and communication is probably the biggest biggest key to doing anything. You bet. Um, that's a whole sh- that's a whole other show, right? It really is. So I mean, basic getting back to you know our topic of of uh, who do you serve. You know, you got to always remember 
that uh, God God's got to be first. Yep. Got to have you got to have your foundation. So he's you know technically he's got to be the top and the bottom. So. <laughs> Gospel recording artist. Sow some, sow some seeds. <laughs> A needle-pulling thread. Uh, no, you don't want me to sing. Johnny B. Williams, gospel recording artist, is singing this song as we close out called I'm Gonna Serve You, Lord.
Like my daddy them did when I was coming up as a young boy. I remember when my daddy was tired in his body, he would still say, the question remains as bob dylan said you're gonna serve somebody so who you gonna serve that was johnny b williams with his song i'm gonna serve the lord you can visit his website at johnnybwilliams.com until our next broadcast this is the monty man along with dave fleming we are wishing god's perfect serenity for you and we're also reminding you that because of his love and his grace you are entitled to overcome. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.